Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Mercy Talk podcast from Mercy Multiplied, where we are passionate about empowering you with biblical principles for growing in mental, emotional, and spiritual health and equipping you to share those principles with others. I am Melanie Wise, and I am so excited about the next couple of Mercy Talk episodes. Uh, As many of you may know, Mercy is celebrating 40 years as a ministry this year. And if you've been following Mercy Talk this year, you know that each quarter we have been sharing a testimony from a graduate of our residential program from each decade that Mercy has been in existence, which has been so, so fun. But today we're kicking off a series to really just celebrate Mercy's 40th birthday. We've got some really, really fun shows playing for you. And I am thrilled to share that for the next two episodes, we are going to have Mercy's founder and president, Nancy Alcorn, joining us. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk to Nancy about the first 20 years of the ministry. And in our next episode, we will be talking about the last 20 years. So Nancy, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. You have such a crazy life and schedule, so it means a lot anytime you can come in and be on the show. Hey, I love being on the podcast with you guys. Yes, so fun. Well, man, as I've just been thinking about these two episodes we're going to do together, I'm like, goodness gracious, we could talk about so many things. But before we start diving into stuff, I would love for any listener who may just be kind of new to Mercy and not really even know a lot about just your story and how you began Mercy in the first place, to just share a little bit about about that, just kind of for foundational knowledge for people. Okay, well, bottom line, I worked at a very young age, even before I got out of college for the government of the state of Tennessee, five years at a girls' correctional facility, and then three additional years investigating child abuse cases in the inner city of Nashville and beyond. And I was in the emergency child protective services unit. So uh, I spent five years dealing with angry teenage girls who had been sexually abused, used, you know, had parents that were drug addicts, like so many different scenarios, but there was a why behind the what of those Mm -hmm. girls that were locked up in that girl's prison, but it was government funded. No, uh, always, telling them all the reasons why they would never amount to anything in their life, that Mm -hmm. they were damaged goods, they couldn't change. So I I saw that play out for five years. They never got the help they needed. They go home. Some of them died in neighborhood gangs and murdered by pimps, or some of them took their own lives. Some of them ended up in the women's prison after they passed 18. And it was very frustrating because as a believer, I knew that 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 only Christ could give them a new heart and a new spirit, but we weren't allowed to talk about Mm -hmm. that. And I did anyway, but still when people get, I led people to Christ in my office in the gym on the campus of that prison, but yet there was no discipleship going on. So just, Mm -hmm. it's like birthing a baby, bringing a baby into the world and then say, okay, here's your keys to your house. And like you, you, they have to be nurtured and cared for, as you know, mother of two sons Mm -hmm. So can you imagine birthing a child and just letting them fend for themselves? Mm -hmm. So it's like that in the kingdom. That's why Jesus said, go and make disciples of all men. And so there was no discipleship going on. And so even those that said the prayer of salvation, great for that. And I do believe, but they needed to be raised up in the ways of God and have Mm -hmm. their mind renewed and have their hearts healed. So five years of that, then three years investigating child abuse cases, cases all hours of the night in the emergency unit 
on call 24-7. And it was during the middle of that time that uh, that I was seeing all the horrendous things that I used to read about in case files or at the reform school or the prison, or I would hear about it on the news or read it in the newspaper, but I never dreamed I would see the stuff mm-hmm. with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. And I saw little girls being raped, used, abused, sodomized, victimized, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, sexually, every way you can think of. And I was in the middle of the three years I spent doing that. It, it was a very dark time for me. I became very depressed and I would have nightmares about what I was seeing. And I was really mad at God, like, why do you have me here? And that's when the Lord spoke to me, Nancy, you've just been spent five years dealing with angry teenage girls at the prison. And now I'm taking you back in time and showing you why they were so angry. So full circle, eight years, God has not anointed the government to heal broken hearts and set captives free. So that eight years is what catapulted me into uh, a vision that was actually being conceived and birthed in me through that eight year period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I, I remember, and I'm actually looking across the room in the room that we're recording in right now. And I see one of the copies of this book that I'm about to mention. Uh, you wrote a book called echoes of mercy, where you really detail out the story of, of the beginning of mercy, um, and, and up until, you know, present day. But, um, I remember I got my hands on that book before I ever even knew much about mercy. I still to this day, I'm like, I do not know how I got that book. I'm like the Lord somehow put it in front of me. And for some reason I decided to read it. And I just remember being absolutely blown away just by even what you've already shared, just that story alone and what, how God was setting the stage for mercy. But then I just remember reading story after story. I didn't even know this place. I didn't know you. Uh, I remember talking to my mom about it one time. She's like, this book will, like, my faith has been increased simply by reading this book and the stories of all that God has done. And so I can I can even personally think of tons. But as you look back, when you started Mercy, 1983, even if you want to share a little bit of what those early, early days looked like, but also just looking back to that first, the first 20 years, are there some surprising ways that God moved? Some of your favorite stories, anything like that that comes to mind? Gosh, that, <laughs> I know, that's, that's a, a loaded lot. question. I know, so I know we're limited on time, but mm. but one of the first things I learned, and, and actually I was sitting in the fall of 1982, I was sitting in my apartment here in Nashville, mm-hmm. and I was and God had already given me the vision for mercy. I had already visited Louisiana for the first time while I was there. God spoke to me and then confirmed prophetically mm-hmm. that I was that was where I was to go to start the first home. So I go back home knowing, and God had already spoke to me, oh, I'm going to bring you here in a short period of time. So he had given me the three things, you know, girls free of charge. I had, keep in mind I had no money. Take the girls up free of charge, you know, Tithe as an organization, your needs will be met through your giving. And thirdly, don't ever take any government money or any other money that will restrict the freedom to share Christ mm-hmm. fully and teach the Word of God. And so uh, I'm like, okay, I'm out. give me what I need, and I'll go to that place that you've shown me I'm supposed to go to. Mm-hmm. And immediately the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, no, that's backwards. It's not give me what I need and I'll go, it's you go to the place that I've already showed you, mm-hmm. you step out in faith, and the provision will be on that path. But you have to be on that path mm-hmm. by faith for the provision to come. So that was 
uh, late October 82, January 15th, 83. I'm in my car on my way, and friends had a, the night before had a going away party of sorts for me and gave me $1,000. So that's what I started with. And a few clothes and a card, my little dog, and there we go. Incredible. I was just, like, thinking as you're saying that, you know, how it's, like, just when I think about how the Lord uses different people, like, I'm just thinking about even in Scripture, it's, like, you, they, they, he'll use the most just, like, people that you're, like, what? Like, how, how is that person? And it's, and I think so many times it's, like, the Lord is just, like, I'm going to, I'm going to show the world, I'm going to even show this person that it is me doing this. So just the fact that you said, I didn't have any money, I didn't have, like, it's not like you started Mercy with thousands and thousands of dollars to just like kickstart this thing. You had nothing. And to me, it's just such a testament of the Lord going, I'm just going to, I'm going to show her, I'm going to show the world that like, this was me from the very, very beginning. Um, And then just knowing like some of those stories of provision. Again, I think that was maybe one of the most, the things that blew me away the most when I read echoes was just, I mean, the the provision, uh, especially in those early days was, was so amazing. So um, well, I, I, you know, once it, once we got there, God gave me great favor mm-hmm. and, and, and divinely connected me to some of the most well-known people in that area, mm-hmm. Monroe, West Monroe area, Washita mm-hmm. Parish. If you're from Louisiana and you're listening, mm-hmm. I had to learn how to say it. It's not Chiquita. Chiquita. <laughs> they had to teach me. <laughs> My friends are like, no, Nancy, it's. Like think of a washateria, like washita. <laughs> okay. So exactly helpful for me. Like oh, I, yeah. can, I can I can do that. Yeah, yeah. But anyhow, um, but no, and and then it's uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the only state in the country that instead of having counties, they mm-hmm. have parishes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's that part of that, you know, French Cajun, yep. all that history in there. That's so yeah. Cool. But anyway, so. But I had great favor with some of the most well-known people and, and, and well-established, and they would take me to meet the mayor, both mayors, West Monroe, mm. Monroe mayor. I, I spoke at the Rotary Club because that back then, that and that in Monroe, that was the biggest thing going for the businessman mm. in that area. Mm. And they put me in front of those people to speak. The newspaper did an article on me, so you know we didn't have cell phones back then or even computers, so. There was a good old landline number was given if you want Nancy to come speak. And we started, uh, and someone donated an office building to us that used to be a real estate office, and they weren't used to it. It was empty, so they donated the use of that building, not the building, but the use of that building. Um, and so we would counsel people out of there. We would do fund, you know, uh, mail outs out of there. It, it was God provided uh through friends of mine a, uh, that were doing direct mail marketing at the mm-hmm. time for people all over the country, big banks in America. God put it on their heart, front, friends of mine back in Nashville, to do our mailings for us free mm-hmm. of charge. And so, um, yeah, it, it, so just crazy things that were happening. And so when we finally uh, found the first building and property and moved into it, uh, it was amazing because day-to-day – we literally did not know. I mean, people have heard me share so-and-so I met on and they gave us a million dollars. I'd rather go back to, uh. to this because these are the things that God was doing to build my faith. Yeah. Um, I got to know it was a pretty small area and, and the girl that worked at the electric office, they, you know, you get the second notice. Mm-hmm. If you don't pay it by this mm-hmm. time, it's going to be cut off. Yep. 
And so the girl that worked in that office called me and said, y'all do realize that today's the day that if you don't pay this bill by, I think it was like five o'clock that day that your it's your, your like power's going to be cut off. We had girls in the home, handful staff and I'm, and, and so anyhow, and I was living in the home myself. So that's where I, where I learned not to allow any of my staff to ever live in the home because it, it almost <laughs> destroyed my health. Guarantee. Yeah, 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 yeah. And because you could never get away from it. Yeah. So anyhow, I learned a lot about that. But having said that though, I got that call that morning and I said to the girl, I didn't even think about it. It had to come out of my spirit. I said, we'll have the payment there by the, before the end of the day. I told her that Mm -hmm. and words, you know, I know a lot of people think that's crazy that you can have what you say, but my faith was that it would be paid. And I spoke it out of my mouth Mm -hmm. and almost like a decree. I didn't even know what a decree was Mm -hmm. back then. A decree Mm -hmm. of faith. We will pay it by the end of the day in Jesus name. Mm -hmm. I mean, but anyhow, so it was around, it was somewhere between four and four thirty, and we're still believing God. And there was a knock on the door and one of my board members who did not know, cause we didn't, God would not let me tell anybody. You mm-hmm. believe me. You don't mm-hmm. look to man. He he's knocking on the door and his, he was all wide eyed and he goes, I just had the craziest experience. He said, I was driving through the post office to drop. You don't have to, you have those mail drops. I mean, we mm-hmm. still have those where you drop the mail. He said, I was getting ready to drop this check in the mail. And he said, and my hand was in the mail drop. I was getting ready to drop it. And he said, the voice was not audible, but it was so loud. It felt like somebody screaming at me. No, don't mail it. Take it over there and give it to him right now. And he said, do you know what that's about? I said, yes. I said, give me <laughs> give the check. I I'll explain go. it to you later. It's one of our board members. Wow. And, uh, so he left, and I didn't know what was in there, but I opened it up, and, and our bill was around a $450 or so, give or take a few dollars, and it was a check for $500. Mm. And I sent my assistant one way to put it in the bank, <laughs> and I went the other way to take oh, it to the girl, that I said, you'll have it by the end of the day. So, you know, our commitment is to tie off the top 10%. We had enough to pay the bill and pay our time. Man. And that was $500, y'all. Incredible. And so I don't ever want to... Take, yeah. take, I don't ever want to not tell the early stories yeah. because now we have to believe for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. we just finished renovating the St. Louis home because it was old and it needed renovating. And it cost us a million dollars to do everything that needed mm-hmm. to be done because it was extensive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was amazing that God paid for that. Mm-hmm. The way it came in even last year. And yeah. I, I don't ever not get amazed yeah. at what God does. Yep. So it's the same principles. It's just mm-hmm. bigger now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is It is funny, though, because I, uh, since as long as I've lived at Mer- or lived. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't get that to live. That was a Freudian slip. No, do not live here. Um, but as long as I've worked at Mercy, you know, I've been able to meet in those years, some people who were, who were around in those early, early days. And they do kind of sometimes look back on them with just such like nostalgia of like, man, it's not that that has not gone away and that we don't have to continue to believe, but there was something so sweet about those moments and the early days when you had nothing and electricity was about to be turned off. Right. Um, and what that did for the faith of everybody involved, right. including even that board member. I can only imagine that he's like, what? You know, once he found out yeah. what that was. Oh, his it built his faith oh, so man. big because uh, I did call him later that night and yeah. tell him. 
Yeah. And he was just blown away. Incredible. But it built his faith. Yes, yes. You know. Yes, and just affirming. I, I really heard God. Yes. And I was the difference between yeah. power and no power. Yeah, yeah. You know, I too also think about what you um, have already shared, which is just one of my favorite things that you talk about, Nancy, is just how the Lord leads you um, and just how he has always worked from that place of no, 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 you move and then I'll provide. And you've talked about that in in the early days. And I know we're not talking about recent years, but I can even just say since I've worked here, he continues to do that. And tell Uh, our people how, how long it's been that you've been here. Oh, yeah. I've been here now for 12 years. So, uh, or well, I'm headed towards my 12th year. I guess and, I'm at 11. And, and I want to talk so. about you for yeah. a second. You're, I know this is on uh, your agenda, but it's on mine. Uh, like God often does, he sends people and you never know. Some are for a season and some are for the long haul and some we'll see. Because mm-hmm. I'm certainly not trying to sentence you to a life at mercy for the rest of your life. <laughs> Sentence. However, if I remember correctly, you came in in what year? 2012. There's a principle of God, y'all. It's if you're faithful in the little, he'll make you real over much. Mm-hmm. Melanie was one of those people. She went and served in treasury and when and then a position opened up in my office and the people that were advising me that were leaders on our staff wanted me wanted me to consider you for that position. And then I found out your background that you've been a youth pastor and you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, she'd be great in my office. And so you came and worked in my office and you served faithfully in that office for For two full years, two full years. And I recognize as the leader that even though what, you know, it's comfortable not to make a change, (laughs) but it's also not fair to the people that work alongside you. If you see more in them, more potential in them than what they're currently serving in. And I knew she has way more potential than to be sitting in a chair being my assistant, even though I appreciated it, what she did. But it, it helped us bond mm-hmm. and get to know each other really well. And it also gave me great confidence in who you are as a person. And so anyway, from that position, you went mm-hmm. We've, that outreach, was, mm-hmm. straight to outreach. Mm-hmm. And uh Melanie has been serving for how many years as our director of outreach? Just over seven. Oh, just over seven years. She is, she runs the empower. She runs our, all of our trainings, you know, and all of the outreach, which has grown exponentially under her leadership. And no doubt that God's hand is on it, but you know, I'm jumping ahead. I probably should have told that story. (laughs) It's okay though. But, but the point is you're faithful and little he'll make you real mm. over much and that's what he did with me mm-hmm. i was faithful to start that first home and i did the best i could so many times i want to try to find the names and addresses of all those girls that were the first ones and go back and apologize <laughs> to them please forgive everybody me everybody who i was the youth pastor for yeah I'm because like, i did not know okay. what i was doing yeah. but you got to start where you yeah. are and let god grow you yeah. and the lord and there was a pastor in louisiana who sat me down about three years into it and he said nancy if you build the ministry around yourself and your personality, when you're gone, it will be gone. Mm. And and the trend back then was for everybody to name their ministries after themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Kenneth Hagin Ministries. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great man of God. But sure. that's what everybody did back yeah. then. Yeah. And I knew I didn't want to do that. 
And he sat me down. And he said, if you build this around you, your name and your personality, when you're gone, it will be gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I don't want my life's work to go when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I want this to be something that's established and it will continue forever. Yeah. And that's why we so carefully protect our founding principles, because God said, if you'll always do those three things, the free of charge, the tithing as an organization and not taking money that restricts the freedom to share Christ. You do those things, and I'll see to it that you will never lack. Mm. So 40 years into it, we will never stop. But the first 20 years, that really settled in on me how faithful God is, that when he says, do it this way and don't ever change it, and I'll meet every need, it looked so much all the time like it's not going to happen this Mm -hmm. time, and God would make a way Mm -hmm. where there seemed to be no way. And I didn't always do everything perfectly either because there's no such thing when you're on learning curve, but there's something about stepping out in faith with God that he will bless you. What the, whatever decision you make, if you made it by faith, whatever it's not a faith, if it's not a faith, it's sin. Mm-hmm. The Bible, there's a scripture that says that. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. That's that whatsoever is not a faith is sin. So every decision I made, I was making it by faith. Even if I didn't make the very best one, mm-hmm. sometimes hindsight, you can look back and go, you know what? I think it would have been better if I'd made the other decision, but because I made this one, God partnered with mm. me but because we're co-laborers with him, and he blessed it because I made that decision by faith. Yeah, yeah, so good. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> Just learned something new today. I'll yeah. go find that scripture. I, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about the founding principles because I just still, you know, we have the uh, opportunity to, bring people in who have shared with us, Hey, I've got a vision in my heart to start something new. Uh, can you, can I come in and learn from you guys? And so we have a resource that we offer to people who want to come in, who are maybe have a vision to start a ministry. And I always share about the fact that God gave Nancy 40 years ago at this point, these principles that we have never strayed from and will never stray from, because that is what the Lord said. This is important foundational an important foundational piece to who this ministry is going to be. And when I think and I read the stories and I, and I've experienced some since I've been here of his provision, not just provision, but sometimes covering and protection over this ministry. Mm-hmm. I just have to always go back. Nancy's never strayed from these principles. Like she has been faithful to what the Lord. And so when we're encouraging other ministries, well, like these may not be the founding principles he gives you, right? Whatever he gives you, be faithful and obey, even if everything is pointing towards like, this is not going to go well. You know, I think about our founding principles and how many people would say from a worldly perspective, that makes no sense. You're not going to charge anything. You're not going to take any funding from these different sources. This doesn't make any sense. You're going to give away 10% of the money. Well, it doesn't, nothing that, not much of anything that God tells us to do makes sense. Right. And that's why he put Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in the Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to yep. your own understanding. Because yeah. my own understanding would have thrown those three principles Absolutely. out. From when a I business first heard perspective, them. Yeah. it's horrible. But, yeah. but, he's, but lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me, he says, and I will direct your yeah. path. And yeah. I've been blown away by the way he has directed my path and taught me not to lean to my own understanding like get into the word of god and renew your mind to that Mm -hmm. and get a revelation about what it said what god meant when he said in luke 638 give and 
and mm -hmm. it shall be given back to you. Mm -hmm. Good measure. Press down, shake it together, running over. That God will literally cause men to give to yeah, you. Yeah. You know, he doesn't drop dollars out of heaven. He drops it on the hearts of men and women mm -hmm. of God to give. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, young people, older people, businesses, churches, mm -hmm. um, foundations, like family foundations. I mean, it's just been amazing. Yeah. But I will say this to our 360 partners. If you're listening, your $30 a month, don't think that that mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. not huge to us. Because when you multiply all of those partners, 360, uh, $30 a month partners together, it carried us in our first 20 years, yeah. literally. Those yeah. smaller donations that we could count on every single month. Mm -hmm. It carried us. I, talk, I know we're talking about the first 20 years, but we continue to grow the, the those partners that are so faithful to do it every month. And it multiplies year after year after year after year. That's yeah. why if somebody said, would you rather give me a may give you a, a one-time $2,000 gift or become a $30 a month partner. I'm like $30 a month partner because you start doing that, you're not going to stop. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. 10 years from now, that's going to be what? Over almost $4,000, something like that? Yeah, we'll go yeah. with it. I mean, I'm just thinking like, even just from like the budgeting standpoint, how much more. But I remember working in treasury for that year and like, it's exciting to get the big gifts in, right? Like, oh, it's sure. so fun. Like, oh, we got $25,000. Wow. You know, it's so amazing. But I just remember anytime I saw one of those month, like a new monthly partner sign up, yes. it was like, maybe not the excitement, but all oh, the peace. Like yeah. there's another one just, that's just going to faithfully give. We can count on that, you know, for months and months. So I, I could not agree more. Um, and here's something else that happened that first 20 years. Yeah. God did put, me on the hearts of some national leaders. I can name some. Marilyn Hickey. Hmm. I, I ended up, she ended up visiting our Louisiana, our first home. Hmm. And then she paid for me to come out to her headquarters and sit down with her staff and learn from them. When hmm. we were just so, so small, like that was probably mid 80s, 85, 86. Hmm. Then there was, uh, I ended up speaking at, at a conference out in California and it just so happened that uh, Gloria Copeland was speaking in the same conference. And for those of you, this was still in the early days. Um, this is probably some people's favorite story. I wrote about it at Echoes of Mercy about the man on the plane. The man on the plane. And I shared that testimony of the man on the plane. Don't know if we have enough time for me to tell it right now. But I shared that testimony of how God divinely connected me with the perfect stranger on an airplane. And we believe in God to build um, a second facility, or which eventually became an add-on to our facility because we bought property next door so that we could take in more pregnant girls mm -hmm. and save, save more babies from abortion. And the guy that I ended up meeting on an airplane, a perfect stranger, it turned out that he felt led of the Lord to call me after we met on the plane. He asked me for my contact details and I didn't tell him what we were trying to build, but he had just become a Christian three months before. And he said, every time I pray, I see your face and I feel like you're trying to build something. What are you trying to build? So I told him and he started sobbing and it turns out when he caught his breath that he could explain to me why he was so emotional. Turns out that he was, his birth mother was, was violently raped as a teenager and he was the product of that rape. And she chose to 
give birth to him and allow him to be placed for adoption. And he said, I was placed in a wonderful adoptive home. And he said, last year, my adopted mother passed away and left. He was adopted when he was five days old. Mm -hmm. And last year, my adopted mother, who had provided me a wonderful upbringing, passed away, left me with several million dollars, and I've been praying for something that I could do in memory of her. How much more money do you need? He 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 paid for the rest of what we needed to build that building. And so I was telling that testimony at a conference out in California that Gloria Copeland happened to be speaking in. She went nuts over that testimony. Her her response to that testimony was that she wrote me a check for fifty, not me, but Mercy, a check for fifty thousand dollars. Went home and told Kenneth Copeland, her husband, about it. And I would go to the ministers' conference every year. They started supporting us. In fact, when we found the Nash this property here in Nashville, which was also in the first mm-hmm. twenty mm-hmm. years, I think it was about eight or nine years into it when we bought this property. Kenneth and Gloria Copeland wrote the first check to help us buy this property. And um, anyway, they had a magazine at the time that they still print to this day, Voice of Victory magazine. Mm -hmm. And they decided to do like a four-page spread about mercy. And so many of our partners Mm -hmm. that we have today, I'm going to name names because they're going to be the co-chairs of our 40th anniversary event. Larry and Pam Winters, mm-hmm. amazing business na- entrepreneurs, business leaders, and they've been huge partners with us, very, very close friends of mine. Mm-hmm. They found out about us by reading that article in the Kenneth Copeland's mm-hmm. magazine. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, I could sit here and name name after name after name after name of people that have told me that's how they heard about wow. us that are still with us to this day. Wow. And some of them are actually board members of mercy. So those early years, it would blow me away when people like that would do an article in their magazine, which has international distribution. And back then there was no internet at the time they did the story. There was no internet. Mm -hmm. So you've got your copy Mm -hmm. in the mail, Mm -hmm. a hard copy, and it went all over the (laughs) world because their ministry was so massive. Mm -hmm. And uh, so God would do things like that. Marilyn Hickey highlighted it. God would do things like that. Mm -hmm just to help get the word out because yeah. we didn't have the ability to advertise and all that. So yeah. anyway, that's, that's incredible. Well, man, I would love to ask Nancy, just when you look back over all these years, like if you could go back in time to 1983, how is there anything that you would just say to like encourage your younger self? Or is there anything, I don't know, just anything that if you could go back and maybe, maybe it's even easier to think about someone who's current, present day, I got a vision on my heart and I'm, I'm a little scared to say that, take that first step. You know, you've always been someone who says yes to God. And so maybe there's someone who's like, I've got something stirring and I'm, if I don't know. If there's somebody out there and you've got something stirring and you want to learn, uh, not it's not a how-to. It's a principles of God. Mm-hmm. I will uh, anybody that that wants to, you can instruct them how to do this. But I would so, it, you know, people want to like. I want to sit down and pick your brain. Well, I, I I took what was in my brain and what was in my heart and what was in, done by faith and my journey of, you know, we updated it to the forty-year point. I think. Uh, so I put it in a book called Echoes of Mercy, and you said that's what rocked your world. Well, 
you, you're, you would be, I don't have time to sit down one-on-one -on -one with people. So what I would offer is that if anybody just wants to, to build their faith up for whatever it is, God might be speaking to you. I would well be willing to gift, send a gift copy to anyone who writes mm -hmm. in, even if you're not trying to start something, you just want to read it. Yeah. It's our 40 year anniversary. I'm feeling generous. I'll, <laughs> I'll give a gift copy to anybody who writes in and requests. And how would they yeah. do that, Melanie? Yeah. You can actually just email us at mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com. Just say, I heard the podcast with Nancy. I'd love a copy. That would be the easiest way. Well, that's perfect. And I want to say one more thing because we started by faith. We, you know, bought this property. We're still in the first 20 years, which in the first 20 years, y'all, we had two homes. We had the Louisiana home and we had the Nashville home. And I came to Nashville and I was determined that we were going to build that home debt free. God showed me I wanted you to think. He said, you're thinking way too small because I was thinking go out and find an existing facility and kind of make it work. And the Lord was like, no, you're going to have to purpose build this thing. You believe me for land on a major thoroughfare. Mm -hmm. Now, when we bought this Nashville land, it was a two lane road. Oh and after we bought it, it became a four lane highway. And just about everybody that lives anywhere around here will drive by here at one time or another because it's on a main yeah. road. Yeah. And so, and, and it, I saw hills and trees in the yeah. spirit and there's, this is hills and trees. Absolutely. And we have our beautiful three-story office building that sets on top of the hill and then a little way still on top of the hill, but down the driveway just a tad bit, just a little bit lower, is our 40-bed facility. And, Melanie, it was so fun because I had bankers visiting me because the music community, not just Christian music, but the entire, every genre of music, when we had the ribbon-cutting ceremony and then we had a... Um, a, a, a friend of mine who is who is a paver uh, driveway you know he came out here and leveled out the land for us that this building now sets on so that we could have a set down dinner white cathedral tents uh, we had guys in Texas serving mm. everybody listen we had that in I believe the year was 92 93 and every music company from every genre of music, their president of the music company was here. That would include Mike Curb, who's, you know, Curb yeah, Records yeah. and, you know, Curb Center at Belmont's yeah. named after him. They were all here. And God just gave tremendous favor and people were getting behind it. And I just kept decreeing, we're going to build it debt free. And these bankers started hearing about us because they were the bankers for these big companies that were paying attention to what we were doing. And so one bank made an appointment to come and see me while we were renting office space downtown on 21st and believing to build this thing debt free. And they go, you can't, you're not going to be able to build this debt free. Just mm -hmm. let you just need mm -hmm. to let us give you a loan. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, we're going to build this debt free. And they go, well, we just don't believe you can do that. You need to let us give you a loan. And I said, well, I, we're not, we're going to build it debt free and I'll, I'll keep you posted on how it's going. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, I don't have time to tell it all the <laughs> amazing things God did. But when we cut the ribbon on this home in November of 1995 on Wednesday afternoon at two, I think one o'clock in the afternoon, two o'clock, the governor's wife was here with me. Naomi Judd was here mm -hmm. with me. Um, who, she endorsed my first book by telling how she got pregnant at a, as a teenager mm -hmm. and, 
and that baby ended up being my known. It's just an mm-hmm. amazing story. And, and Pastor Brother Hardwick, who from Christchurch next door, he was here. But I'll tell you who else was here. About six or 700 people were here mm-hmm. that day. Uh, in the middle of the day on a Wednesday, they were all here. It was packed out. And I invited those bankers who said it couldn't be done, and they came. And so we had a built-up stage. And Point of Grace, that was in the middle of their heyday. And they came and they sang several of their hits, but the one that was written about this place called The House at Mercy Mm -hmm. Built, they sang that. And it was just amazing. And so when I got up to say what I, to thank everybody for helping us do the step for, you know, people said we couldn't do it. I said, in fact, my banker friends from such (laughs) and such a banker here, I just want to thank them for coming and supporting us. And, you know, they came to my office at such and such time, a couple of years back, and they said that it just couldn't be done. But I just want them to know, and all of y'all to know, this is a perfect example of what can happen uh-huh. when we put our faith and trust in the Lord. So in a nice way, I was acknowledging uh-huh. them, but I was really uh-huh. calling, calling them out. Calling them out, yep, yep. And just, giving God the glory. Man, I didn't even know that story, y'all. <laughs> There's so many stories, so many stories. Um, I just, I, I think as we kind of wrap up this specific episode, I'm just being so reminded by what you're sharing. Like there is a reason why Gloria Copeland would want to put, you know, a two or a four page spread in the magazine about this place, you know? And, and I think about the book that we've been talking about echoes of mercy. I think about, there's a reason that people are drawn to, to mercy and you're amazing and you're wonderful. But it's not because Nancy Alcorn runs no. this ministry. It's not even because we have, you know, great staff. We do have great staff. It's not even because of anything other than the fact that God has his hand on this place. And I do think that there is so much to be said for your faithfulness every step of the way and your desire to continue to point people towards him and his glory, even standing on the stage to say, hey, I'm going to use this opportunity on the stage to talk yeah. about what God can do, yeah. you know. Just the fact that your heart has never been for your own glory or fame, never has. And I can say that from having worked in our office for two full years, y'all. That is not your heart. It is to give God the glory for everything that he has always done and will continue to do here. And he honors that. He honors that. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you guys this. If you're in ministry or we're all in ministry if we know the Lord. But when we lead people to Christ, when we impact people, like we better give God the glory because there is no such thing as a transformed life apart from mm. Jesus Christ coming on the inside of a, of a person's heart and giving them a new heart, a new spirit, forgiving sin, healing the brokenness. And that happens every day here at Mercy. Mm. It's about it's a ministry of freedom, and, and freedom only comes because of what Jesus Christ did at the cross when he paid the price for that freedom. Yeah. Amen. So good. Oh, man. Well, I am so excited um, to share with you all that Nancy is going to be back with us next week, as I have already said, um, to talk about the last 20 years, which have been nuts when you just think about everything that has happened in the second half of this ministry's existence. Um, And also just to be able to hear some from you just about your vision, about prayers that you have for the future of the ministry. So we definitely hope that you will join us for that next episode as well. I'm so excited to continue this conversation. Uh, But as always, if the content in these podcasts has been helpful for you, we'd be so, so grateful if you'd help us out by rating the show and writing a review wherever you listen. Um, And we've already given you the email address, but I'll give it to you again. It's mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com. We would love to hear from you if you have any thoughts, questions about anything we've discussed. 
Um, definitely also, if you would like a copy of, of the book that we've been referencing quite a bit in this episode, Echoes of Mercy, please let us know by emailing in. Um, and just to find more, uh, find out more about Mercy, you can go to mercymultiplied.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Thank you guys so much for joining us today.